Ultra. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one sniffing ring wraith at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 50, which starts with Gollum smiling adorably and ends with uh, the Nazgul and its fell beast soaring through the air. With the greatest of ease. Yes. It is a delightfully agile creature for its size and tattered wings it's got a giant ass wingspan right but its wings have holes in it yeah but i mean that ruins the whole thing does it though yeah man tattered wings can't hold air it's magic we're watching a movie with wizards and magical rings and you're talking about the aerodynamicness of a fake creature with holes in its wings yeah you know whatever (laughs) whatever You're right, though. Gollum is so adorable when he smiles at the beginning of this minute. It's just, he's so, he's so happy. He's so delighted. He's just, he's feeling a genuine sense of, like, joy for the first time in... In, like, 500 years, right? Right. Right. Like, nice. Good for him. Good for him. And then a ringwraith shrieks from somewhere off screen. And, like, Smeagol is, is, he's Smeagol initially... But then, like, partway through this minute, when he says, I thought they were dead, it's definitely the Gollum voice. Yeah, see? uh, Gollum is his trauma personality. That's how he deals with everything. But the, ah, ah, hide, hide, is Smeagol. Yeah. And then Gollum is just like, no, no, you can't kill them. That was Emperor Palpatine. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Gollum is hard No, you cannot kill them, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I guess that's right. Right, on wings. No, 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 no. <laughs> I guess that's why Andy Serkis was hired for this and not you. And, and not I. <laughs> I, okay. I so I feel like if uh, I I was in Sam's place and a ring wraith shrieked far away, enough away that they had time to hide, I wouldn't be waking up. <laughs> As... Sam is a light sleeper, I guess. Yeah, he's yeah, he's up. He, that shriek happens. He's just like, what? What is it? What? I'm surprised he's not holding a frying pan. <laughs> well, he like scrambles. He like jumps and scrambles before he sits up. And then he drags Frodo under the bush. He well, yeah, sees where because... Gollum is hiding and he's just like, Gollum? Gollum's a good hider. I'm going to follow that guy. Gollum is like 500 year hide and seek champion. They got really lucky that they were hiding next or sleeping next to a shrub. Like the one shrub large enough to hide them in the dead marshes. Yeah, how yeah. convenient. Hmm. It's like Gollum planned this all along. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I know he didn't plan it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be like pissing his pants. Right. Just it just snaps him out of that that joyful moment, and he's immediately like, "Oh, death! Death is coming!" Yeah. Oh no. Death on wings. Um. That's next minute, right? Wraiths, wraiths on wings. Yes. Yeah. This is this is just no, no. You cannot, no. You cannot kill them. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, 
it doesn't look like Sam grabs his stuff either. He just leaves his stuff uh, out in the open. <laughs> right. So the ringman's just like, there's someone down there. Also, he is not using his eyes. I don't know if he has eyes because in Wraith World, which we get a flashback to, because it just occurred to me that Frodo hasn't seen the Ringwraiths since then. Other than being chased down while he's basically comatose, yeah. But yeah, he hasn't seen him since Rivendell. No one has. Everyone thought they were dead. That's true. Why was I thinking that they were in the movies before this? They're not. This is the first time since the the Fort of uh, Ruin. Ruin. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So that makes sense. For some reason, I thought we saw them again. Right? It's like you, you feel like they should have a more prominent role because they're like a major villain. But we yeah. don't see them a lot. Mm. But, I mean, everyone knows by now we're recording this. We, we talk more about that deal with like the wraiths and how they fit in this movie next week yeah. with our guest. Yeah, that's true. And like the, the waffling about to including them and all of that. Right. But this moment is so cool. And... And just to, you know, state again, I really like the ring rates. The fell beasts are really cool. But the the shot of the gauntlets here is one of my favorite tiny shots in the trilogy. Mm. The the way that he like he's gripping on the reins. Cause it it tells you that you're about to see something like big by well, showing you something small and menacing. I think that I like that sequence because of what you're talking about. But also, like, the last time we saw the ring wraiths, they were on horses. Right. We haven't seen them yet. We've just heard, like, big flapping. Right. Um, And we saw the gauntlets the first time we saw them. Which it's, is cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool it's visual a callback. Yeah. Like, hey, remember these guys? They're really scary. Oh, wait. Now they're scarier because they're on flying whatever those are. <laughs> Snake dragon lamprey things i have i'm not gonna classify i am not a uh, fell beast yeah i'm not a zoologist uh i'm <laughs> a cryptozoologist i'm not going to classify <laughs> what these are especially if the author of the work was just like Meh, it's a fell beast <laughs> right i mean i always pictured them like dinosaurs i just always imagined pterodactyls that's just what I always kind of imagined. For some reason, when you said dinosaurs, I thought about that really weird anime that you started watching forever ago that you call, like, the most mediocre thing, but it's, like, really Oh, Udoare Ramono. Yeah, with the weird raptor floptar thing. Yeah, things. they're called floptars? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. For some reason, when you said dinosaur, I was just like, wait, like, a, a, a rideable raptor? Like, a floptar? Like, but floptar. They, they can't fly. But right. there's flop in their name. I don't know. <laughs> no, those are flop tars. These are flop tars. Yeah, these are flop tars. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, why do they call them? That's the dumbest. I don't know. Okay. I can't tell you why. Okay. I don't know. I don't I don't have all the I answers. I don't pretend to understand the anime. The animes. Um I like the design of the Fell Beast because it's familiar, but also, what am I looking at at the same time? Right, because like the body is just like, oh yeah, that's totally like a like a dragon. And then it, you, the longer you look at its head, the more you're just like, what am I looking at? Yeah, it does. It is very lamprey. Like I don't know if it has eyes. 
Yeah, it's like a it's like an aquatic animal with a like the big toothy maw. Yeah. But it has like this decidedly not aquatic body. I guess we get a better look at it when Frodo's like, They're here. Um Yeah. I can't I can't freaking wait. I had to like censor myself because Rain it in. That show that or that show. That 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 moment is so anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, uh in October, I think. Which is perfect. Peter Jackson <laughs> Peter Jackson has this great skill of like taking a moment right up to the line of like taking itself too seriously and then just being like, Nope, it's a joke, and then just stepping all the way back. Well, I don't We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Right here, it's serious. It's very serious. Very serious business. I like the Ringwraith's outfit. Uh, we, I feel like before when we saw the Ringwraiths, they were just in like nondescript black flowy cloaks. Like we didn't really see it. Well, we never saw them in light like this, except when they were in a lot of motion. Well, we saw, I mean, we see it briefly with the, the hobbits hiding under the hollow of the tree. That's yeah. in light. Yeah. Because it's dark by the time they get into the forest. Yeah. But I like um, the detail of the the cloak. Like, there's a scrap of what looks like lace hanging off of its hood. There's like there's like bunched up fabric, and it looks it looks f- like fine. Like, well, I mean, these guys used to be kings. Like fine clothing. Instead of like, ooh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> but no, I, and now that we know what they are, I like that we get a, like a, a glimpse into like the finery that these kings might have been wearing when they succumbed to Sauron's power. Yeah, it's cool. I, I, I really like the that that sort of subtle touch in their costuming. I just like the lace a lot because I'm into that like gothic uh, horror aesthetic. A very like Victorian yeah, style deal. Yeah. yeah. So I assume that this is the Witch King. Because, because he's pretty? Well, no, because he, he triggers the reaction in Frodo's wound. Mm. And the Witch King is the one that stabbed Frodo. I always just assumed that Frodo was just having like a really intense flashback. and Like a panic attack? Like a, yeah, like a PTSD related um, mm. flashback. I I like that it's it's interesting that you could look at his wound both like literally and metaphorically like that or, or not not metaphorically i guess metaphorically like is he like literally spiritually like is he or mentally like is he literally being literally being like physically hurt by the scar or is it a mental trigger that's hurting him or like a phantom limb kind of thing right like that sort of deal well it's a magical wound right from from a magical evil spirit blade that we know will like that a morgul blade is supposed to poison and basically like wraithify its target like that's essentially what elrond says right so it's it's trying to to turn frodo into something more like one of the wraiths to make it fall under their influence right so this, to me, suggests that Elrond was able to stop the process, but didn't get all the poison out. He was able to, I think he was able to slow the process, because he says he couldn't cure oh, him. Oh, right. You have that weird zombie Frodo thing. Zombie Frodo thing. Okay. Because Elrond says he couldn't cure it. It's beyond his, it's beyond him to truly heal. 
Like, that wound is going to kill Frodo eventually, no matter what. Okay. Like, that's essentially what for, what Elrond says in Rivendell. This is beyond my skill to heal. Right. Well, no, he doesn't say that. No, Aragorn, Aragorn says, says that. that. But even Elrond is just like, there's only so much I can do Shrug about this. emoji. <laughs> yeah, Elrond's just like, I did what I could. He, he What it boils down to Elrond saying is, like, from this point forward, it's really up to Frodo's own strength. How long he Lasts. pushes through this. They let him carry the ring if he was like poisoned. because he chose to, and no one else would. All right, but Elrond saying one of you must do this is kind of like the halfling's gonna die anyway. It's kind of manipulative, just being like, "All right, well, I'm not gonna do it. One of you must do this." Well, no, Elrond absolutely can't do it because he carries another ring of power. Gandalf had the ring for a little. while. He's like been around it yeah but yeah but nobody knows that gandalf has a ring of power himself elrond should know i don't know if he does elrond, he, why wouldn't elrond I think know he probably does i mean they, they have telepathic chats they have the three yeah they have like telepathic skype calls all the time they probably go to brunch or whatever like <laughs> ring bearer brunch yeah yeah and frodo gets to be a part of that now yeah brunch club um because like those three rings are interconnected because they were forged by the same elf. Well, all the rings of power were forged by the same elf. Except for the one ring. Okay. But I thought Sauron helped with the actual ones, but didn't help with the elven ones. Right. He didn't he didn't know that these one that the three elven rings were being made. But once they were made and he made the one, he can sense their presence because the magic that's necessary to create them is tied up in the magic that created the one ring. Hmm. Because he taught like these, these crafting techniques and these spells and these words of power to the forge that made the One Ring, to the forger that made the rings. So even though he went and made some on his own without Sauron's knowledge and without the direct influ- influence of Sauron, he was still using his craft. He was still using his craft. He still has power over those rings if he can, like, be close enough to them or like find them directly. So like if Elrond was walking around also carrying the one ring and a wraith came around him. Sauron would be like, oh, hey, two for one deal. Let's go. (laughs) 50% off. Let's go. 50% off. And you get a free elf. Oh, no. I I feel like Elrond must know that Gandalf has a ring. But Sauron doesn't know Gandalf has a ring. Yet. I don't know if he ever really does. I mean, that's why Gandalf doesn't use it, right? Until he has to. Right. He's not using it because using its power would attract Sauron's attention. And the elves only use their rings like inside their havens because they're sheltered by other elven magic. So they're kind of, they're hidden. Okay. It's also why Gandalf doesn't want to play with the Palantir. Also because Gandalf is smart. Right. (laughs) No one should play with the Palantir. You don't know where the other ones are. But you know for sure that Sauron's got one. Because he controls a tower that used to have one. Yeah, like, you don't know where these are. Like, you don't know who's going to be watching. Some of them are probably lost in the ocean. But there were, there were, I think there were seven. Do you think there's, like, a fish that knows how to use the Palantir? And every so often you just see a fish face in, like, Saruman's Palantir? It's like a goldfish. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a squid. It's like a giant squid or a kraken has one. It's like the prize of its, of its aquatic horde. It speaks to Sauron. What? It taunts him. That's weird. That's where the Watcher in the Water came from? Yeah, they made a deal. (laughs) 
Okay, so when we initially recorded this episode, Norman had, like, a crazy bonkers theory. I think Frodo is already basically dead. Okay. Since he was stabbed by the Morgul Blade. Like, there was only so much Elrond could do. He's already got one foot in the grave, but he's still able to function for whatever Elrond did. And I think that, in part, the ring kind of helps him continue. And he can't live without it. That's why when it's destroyed, he has to leave. But he doesn't leave immediately. No, because there's still some life left in him, just like in Bilbo and Gollum. And I think the best proof of this is Bilbo, the more I've thought about it since we initially recorded this. Okay. Because the effect the ring has on Bilbo is very much like a Portrait of Dorian Gray deal. Okay. It stays his aging, but once he's free of it, it it catches up to him. Yeah. Like, it brings him back to, like, what his body should truly be like. And I think that that same sort of process would apply to Frodo, but it would feel at a much more accelerated rate because the ring is preserving him in the state it was in when Frodo was stabbed. But without the ring, the effect of that wound is going to catch up to Frodo faster. But the ring is going to try to keep Frodo going to get back to Sauron. Okay. But... My counterpoint to this is Gollum has been alive for 500 years. Right. He loses the ring roughly 60 years ago. He didn't immediately crumble into dust. He's like well expired. He's like well past his life expectancy at this point. Bilbo, not so much. He just hasn't aged. So Bilbo is still within like the general like extreme life expectancy of a hobbit right Gollum is older than most things that are still alive bar elves right so my my counterpoint to the thing about Gollum and I mean this is all very much like speculation right is because of how long he had the ring his spirit is simply tied to it now but he's he not, will exist as long as the ring exists. He's not like a shambling corpse of a... I mean, he, he he's close. He is an emaciated, like, gray-fleshed thing that looks... If he was lying still, he would look dead. But supernaturally, he is strong and fast and not really together in his mind. Um, but that's a separate issue. Right. Uh, but he is, his spirit is so utterly consumed by the ring and the spirit has had, the the ring has had influence on him for so long that he's probably just simply sustained by its existence at this point. Why? Magic. (laughs) But, okay. So, Gollum, okay, Gollum looks like a gross corpse. Yeah. But my, like, he, he's not deteriorating. Like, he's not decaying. He just looks like a really emaciated creature. Right. But across this, these, this trilogy, Frodo does look like he's dying. (laughs) Frodo gets grayer and thinner and greener around the face and the lips and like, looks tired and starts to lose his mind. And... Right, but I thought that was because of the effect of the ring. Well, he's right on top of Mordor when we see a lot of that. I think Frodo is already half dead. That's okay. 
I, I mean, I really think Frodo is already half dead. He was stabbed by the Morgul blade. He's being kept. He's only being kept in this world by whatever Elrond was able to do, and the ring preserving him in the state he is while he's holding it, while he's carrying it, because we know the ring preserves its bearer. Right, but then like if he is already like, like you said, one foot into the grave, and he's paler and he's thinner and he's waning. Why doesn't he just, like, go up in smoke as soon as the ring is destroyed? If the ring is sustaining him that that much. Because he's not fully dead? Right, but, like, by your argument, like, oh, one foot in the grave means, like, he's stiff wind will just bowl him over, like. <laughs> no, that's Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> you just breathe on him and he just evaporates. I mean, so in the context of the book versus the movie and the timelines you know, suitably vague in the movie. In the context of the book, it takes 17 years for Bilbo's real age to catch up to him after he gives up the ring. Right. So how long would it take for Frodo? To like, for the the, the death that's coming to him to catch up to him. In the book, doesn't he stay until Sam has like six children? Or does he leave before then? He stays for a while. Like Sam, Sam has kids at the end of this trilogy. Right. No, I know. But I'm saying, like, Sam has a lot of kids. Right. And, okay, realistically, I don't know how Hobbit courtships work, but, like, Sam has been gone for, like, a year. Right. And with no contact to Rosie, he hasn't even, like, confessed his feelings yet. It's just kind of, like, sly giggles and, like, grumping. So, like... I mean, she thinks he's cute. Yeah, but you can't form a foundation of a marriage on, I think that kid's cute. And then he comes back a hero. And, I mean, in the context of the book, like, him, Frodo, Merry, and Pippin save the Shire from an invading force. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that doesn't happen in the movies. Right. So in the context of the movie, let's she, say... She was real thirsty for him all this time. <laughs> that's In the context of the movie, she, she just wanted Sam. No, because I feel like she would have done something about it if... Because... The the only thing she does is like clean a glass prettily and smile at him. That's like that's, like picks up the pace. That's doing customer service, not like that smile is not customer service. <laughs> it's like flirty customer service. It's that's, not like hey. that's that smile is my crush noticed me. Like... <laughs> All right. Well, your mileage may vary, I guess, but your it's true. Sam's mileage. So let's vary. let's say at the most it takes them a year to get like the first kid out. No, how long do <laughs> I was gonna say it takes them a year to like establish their relationship, get the things in order, and get married. At most, okay. It's a whirlwind. It's like he comes back and like two weeks later they're married. I mean, they haven't even talked. They've not exchanged words. They've said maybe, not even in the trilogy, like maybe off screen, they've said maybe 15 words to each other. Right. <laughs> and most of those are, what are you having tonight, boys? Right? Like, come on. I'm shaking my head over here. So The um, only explanation is that she just has wanted Sam that bad all this time. For them to have like six kids at the end of this trilogy and never having seen them speak. <laughs> you have been protective um right <laughs> sam related to those people <laughs> uh 
I mean, probably. He's distantly related to the Bagginses, so... Related to the Brace Girdles. <laughs> so, okay. Where was I going with this? Zombie Frodo. So, it takes, like, a year max for them to get situated. Right. And then Frodo, like, lingers a little bit. Like, he, I feel like Frodo doesn't leave... Frodo doesn't leave until the last boat. No, that's Sam. Right? Yeah, I think Sam leaves on the... Sam on takes the, the last boat. Leaves on, like, the last official boat. And then Legolas builds his own damn boat. Because he's a... Do it yourself, man. And he, and he takes Gimli with him. He's a do it yourself kind of guy. So, like, okay, Sam leaves on the last boat, so never mind that Frodo stuff. But, like, I feel like Frodo lingers a while. He does linger a while. He, it's got to be, like, at least five or eight, five or eight, maybe ten years. Right. And Bilbo is expiring of old age, not, like, crazy poison spirit blade. Right. Hobbits are tough. That's, like, the thing we're told over and over and over again. I think your theory is bogus i don't know we'll see we'll see what the listener group thinks i i like my fro- this my is not a democracy <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast potatorship that sounds like potato chip <laughs> keep your rotten chips um <laughs> i don't ruined it I... you stupid fat hobbit <laughs> I don't, I don't, I just don't buy it. I think the reason that he looks so terrible by the end of the story is because he's been traveling for ages on overland into this terrible, like, sulfuric, poisonous place full of evil and everything wants to kill him. And... Mm. Right, and the air is a poison. Thanks, Boromir. Thanks, Boromir. Good, good guy, uh, Thanks for telling us what we're in for in movie three. That that takes a toll on him. Like, granted, yes, and he he got stabbed. He got stabbed by a crazy spirit weapon. But I don't feel like the the extent of his injuries were such that he is literally as like a zombie. Hmm. Like he's a soul tied to this weird dead half-dead body. Elrond performs some necromancy. Right? No, that's not okay. To, to keep him here. The necromantic arts. I just... I don't know, man. Hugo Weaving's real good at being sketchy. I don't... I don't buy... I don't really buy that. I don't buy it. It's not necromancy unless Frodo died in between. Then it's just healing magic. Right. I guess. <laughs> but it's still, like, the school of necromantic magic eh. playing around with dead things and i mean and then after mount doom when he gets carried away by the eagles he you know he gets healed back up by gandalf and gondor right so he's just every so often he just gets a pick me up he gets his batteries recharged okay but like D logic time if frodo is part undead wouldn't healing magic kill him that depends on the nature of his undeath actually <laughs> As there are, in fact, undead creatures that are healed by positive energy in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, I didn't know that. You would know that. There are there are good aligned undead. Really? Yeah, there are there are undead who are supported by the last lingering of real life, as opposed to a necromantic force. But they are they are no less undead. Okay. Are you a good vampire or a bad vampire? Well, in the, in the case of D&D, it's are you a good lich or a bad lich? Oh, ew, no. Frodo, the littlest lich. I don't... I'm, <laughs> duh, duh, I, I, that, I mean, that's one way to describe, like, Gollum in my little pet theory. 
is the littlest glitch. But he doesn't have any magic. Because his, his spirit is so tied up in the ring, it's almost become his phylactery as well. I feel like the ring has just absorbed his spirit and replaced itself with... It's just like, supplanted a part of itself into Gollum? Yeah, well, like a that reverse would, horcrux. Well, that would be like lichdom. Like, that just means oh, that okay. Gollum isn't going to die as long as the ring is here. Yeah. Well, I guess we don't really know because Gollum dies, quote-unquote, prematurely. <laughs> He dies with the ring. Uh, so. Oh, he would be dead long before he is consumed by the lava. He would be dead long before that, from that fall. Not by D&D logic. No. <laughs> 8D6 around my butt. That ain't enough. Lava is just insta-dead. God, the joy on my DM's face when one of the party accidentally fell into lava and she rolled like 36d6. Um, <laughs> it's like 8d6 for being near and then like 20d6 for total submersion. But <laughs> anyway, I I don't know. I'm not buying zombie Frodo. All right. I zombie Frodo. CW zombie Frodo. Like I, I... Team zombie Frodo. Team zombie Frodo. Frodo lives. Hashtag Frodo lives. Right up until he dies. I mean, they didn't invent hashtags in the 60s, but, like, Frodo lives. Right. As a zombie. No. Zombies do not live. Zombies exist. <laughs> There's a difference between life and existing. And existence. Metaphysically. Gollum only exists. Zombies, like, wraiths. Okay, so in the context of Lord of the Rings, wraiths exist. They do not live. They are sustained by Sauron's stupid bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The word flew away. Um, Bullshit on wings. (laughs) I try really hard not to swear, but like, sometimes. Um, So there's a difference between, because you can't kill them because they are not alive. You can't kill that which is already dead, yeah. Yeah. That which is dead may never die. Frodo's not fully dead. He's only half dead. He's not yet dead. (laughs) So now we're Miracle Max. (laughs) Right. He's nearly dead. He's nearly dead. (laughs) Oh my god. Can you imagine Miracle Max instead of Elrond? Like, just... (laughs) (laughs) Instead of Gandalf? What are you talking about? Just Billy Crystal as Gandalf. Well, no. Wouldn't it be Elrond because they go to him for healing? Hmm. I mean, I guess. I'm just, you know, It'd Miracle Max is like a wizard. Of Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> so that that means that means Inigo Montoya gets to be Legolas. Inigo Montoya, okay, I love and, Legolas, but he's way cooler than. And Wesley <laughs> gets to be Aragorn. I feel like Princess Buttercup is Frodo. There you go. There you go. Humperdinck is Sauron. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I just don't know who else in that movie would like be Legolas. Wesley is your hero, so he gets to be Aragorn. Sure. Aragorn's way cooler than Wesley, though. Yeah, but Inigo Montoya is way cooler than all of them. Yeah. Yeah, for real. He's the real hero. Wrong right? show. Wrong show. Okay. I mean, I was on that show. Yeah, as was I. Uh, <laughs> Princess Brad Minute, everybody. Uh, I just... There's, to me, there is a difference between living beings and things that are existing. Hmm. So do you think that Gollum is a living being? 
Or does Gollum simply exist at this point? Gollum exists. Smeagol is what's left of his livingness. Mm-hmm. Like Smeagol is the That's last... That's why the light comes into his eyes. Yeah. When he said, when he names him. It's what, it's what left of his spirit in his little undead body. No! Oh my god! <laughs> I, I disagree. Here we are again, disagreeing about Gollum. <laughs> Always. Forever disagreeing about Gollum. And the last thing I want to say is we were talking yesterday about the mouth of Sauron. Oh, right. And today we have the nose of Sauron. <laughs> because you can clearly hear this rain Was that trying yesterday to s- or the day before? It was this, this week. week. Because you can clearly hear this wraith Sniffing. trying to sniff them out. So he must be the worst, like, bloodhound. So what you're trying to, so what I'm getting at here is that Sauron has nine noses. Sure. Because the wraiths all sniff their way around. Instead of being an angelic being with, like, 900 eyes, he's just got 900 noses. Right, he's noses. And then they just got distilled into the ra- the rings, I guess. <laughs> Meaning he has, ni- he has 20 noses. <laughs> But three of them don't work right. <sighs> three of them are continually stuffed up with allergies. Right. Three of them are scent blind. They just—he's just got allergies. Just really it's all the allergies. pollen. It's all the pollen in, in the elven lands. Yeah. yeah. That's why there's no trees in Mordor. He's <laughs> just like I have allergies, and he killed them. That's all. why they got a vendetta against trees. Get rid of that pollen. But you know, all that ash—it's fine. It doesn't bother him at all. No, it's fine. It's only pollen. Only pollen. Oh, man. And, like... This wraith is really bad at its job. Speaking of <laughs> you had one job. Like, this right. guy... If he's the witch king... They've been traveling for weeks. They must be ripe. Like, right? they haven't they haven't bathed I in mean, a the really dead, long The time. dead marshes must stink. I can't imagine that's, you smell much of anything true. in the dead marshes. But, like... But they don't even make to, like, cover themselves up with mud to, like, blend in. They just hide under a bush. Right, and I... The framing of the shot is so weird to me because it's pretty obvious from the wide shots that the wraith is like not Swooping. not visible from where they like not visible really from where they are, but the camera framing makes it look like the wraith is looking directly at Sam to yeah. me. Swoop, grasp. Uh, I don't know. I'm not buying your zombie Frodo nonsense. Okay, man. You need. I feel okay. Throughout the course of the rest of the trilogy, I feel like you should just, every so often, you should be like, all right, so this supports my zombie Frodo hypothesis. The zombie Frodo hypothesis. <laughs> Perfect. I feel like that's the title of the episode. His undead apotheosis. <sighs> so, we're from the website, com. Check us out there as well as the other many wonderful podcasts uh, available to you as well as on moviesbyminutes.com where you can find Princess Bride Minute and a very I don't know cornucopia of other things podcasts special thanks to our Patreon associate producer Ed Foster apologies once again to our guest Raiden I don't know what happened to the recordings we'll get you back on the show eventually zombie Frodo 2018 (sighs) no I'm not about this zombie Frodo life We'll be back Neither on is Monday. Neither zombie Frodo. We'll be back on Monday. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.
genre.